Greetings, beautiful ones. I am Ms. BJ Martin, and this is Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. You see, a lot of us are running around here living in our shells. Some of us are putting muscles on our shells. Some of us are putting makeup on our shells. On this platform, leave that shell at the door. Just be free, be comfortable to be who you are in your own skin. Let's be slugs for a little while. <laughs> Everyone is welcome to this show. There is no judgment on this platform. We keep it clean and we keep it cool. All right. Not because See you of later. Desperation, not just mental conversations, communication. Greetings, beautiful ones. I am Ms. BJ Martin, and this is Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. Be a slug for a little while. It's okay. Now, without further ado, I'd like to bring to the stage my special guest. Nathaniel Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on Snails with No Shells. I appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. So now let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, so you're from Baltimore. I am. Yeah. Well, born and raised in Baltimore. And what was it like growing up in Baltimore? Um, it, it, you know, there's two sides to, to the coin. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, people look at the wire. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Wire. Yes, I have. Um, and that's where I grew up. Um, and people say, you know, is that real? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's very real. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's that side, right? And, you know, I went to public Baltimore City public school system. And um, I lived in one of the rougher sections of the city. I lived in uh, East Baltimore, Hartford Road, Darley and Hartford, um, where you had to um, basically fight to survive. Mm. Um, but that was just a way of life. You know, it was, it, it, it was what it was. Um, but fortunately I also, um, got the opportunity to, uh, get exposed to the kind of more gentle side of Baltimore, uh, because I was befriended by, um, a city council person who actually, uh, started to mentor me. And I was able to start spending time in, in the evenings at, at City Hall after school. And instead of being out on the streets, I was in City Hall and I got to meet politicians and entertainers and the, the flip side of, of life. Um, and that really turned my entire life around. Um, so, uh, you know, up, coming up in Baltimore, you know, which, which side of the coin do you want? The rough side or do you want the, the pleasant side? You know, but they both were there. 
Wow. And so you met the councilman. What, what grade were you in when you met the councilman? Oh, I was in, uh, I want to say 10th grade. Um, and he just happened to come through the neighborhood. He was campaigning and I didn't know really who he was or what he was mm-hmm. doing, but he was dressed sharp. He was, I mean, he looked good. He had a nice suit on and shining shoes. And, and I, I talk about it in my book, uh, the American dream from the streets to the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that was a crossroads for me. And mm-hmm. I just happened to walk up to him and ask, who are you? Um, just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And he told me he was, he was running for city council. Um, and so we just started talking and, and I said, can I help? And he said, sure. So mm-hmm. I walked along with them as he knocked on doors and handed out flyers and talked to people. And I was like, oh, that, that's pretty interesting. And, um, it, what it evolved into was me becoming an intern for him, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, at city hall. Uh, so it, instead of, you know, hanging out on the corner with my friends because we were all singers back then, right? You know, that was where you get the pretty ladies as if you could sing. That's right. That's right. Um, so uh, instead of doing that and, and playing basketball and, you know, on or football or baseball, because we were very active back then, we were all into outdoor sports. Yeah. Um, it just changed up my schedule in my life that I would leave school and go directly to City Hall and do my internship with him um and uh and i got exposed to everything and i became like uh i became a mascot at city hall so i could move throughout the entire city hall because um being an intern for him gave me exposure to this all the other city council people Mm. and the mayor and i was able and i got to know their secretary so i could go into places that most people couldn't go into and I was yeah. like a fly on the wall and I just observed and learned. And mm-hmm. the more I learned, the more I was like, I want this life instead of, you know, what I was living before. Um, right. You know, so. Hmm. And this and this is because you saw a man in your neighborhood with a suit on. So appearance yeah. is important. Appearance oh, is important. Appearance you know? is important. Yes. But it was, it, you know, when I look back, because you, you look at connecting dots, right? Yes. That was a crossroad. If mm-hmm. I not if I had not asked him, can I help you? He would not have helped me. Right. So that's why it's extremely important that you help people because there are people out there and not and and not to use them, right? But yeah. when you help people, people will help you. Um Absolutely. so mm. you sound like destiny a little bit of destiny to me, but that's just, you know, that's just my thought. <laughs> Yeah, I think that there's destiny and it comes, you know, mm-hmm. things, there are certain things that are destined to happen, mm-hmm. um, but we have freedom of choice. That is true. And we can choose to take it or not. My life could have gone either way. I could have become who I've become today. Uh, you know, um, uh, I, I, I had the luxury of being a, a global executive in, in a Fortune 400 company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a global empowerment coach. Um, I'm an author, but it could have just gone easily gone the other way where I could have been on the street selling drugs, robbing people, um, you know, I could have had the, I could have had that street life easily. Yes. So, so I count my blessings and, and it all comes from those crossroads. You get to them and you got to decide which way you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, before we get into your coaching and everything, I did want to, I'm just curious as to know what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, well, before meeting the city councilman, I had no idea what I was going to be uh, mm -hmm. growing up. Um, uh, I, I knew that my first experience at working as we, we had these programs back then where you get these jobs and we were, I think we were making like $3 and 15 cents an hour. Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I had gotten a job working at a school and I was like, you know, this is okay. It puts money in my pocket, but I didn't have any passion for it. Right. Um, and then uh, I got a job with the sanitation department. And uh, so I was assigned to this, uh, sanitation engineer, sanitation worker, street cleaner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had my little hokey pokey stick. And my job was to go around with the little stick and pick up trash off the streets. And I did that for one day. And I was real clear that that was not what I wanted to do. And, and, and don't get me wrong and no disrespect for the people to do it because we need people to do that. Mm -hmm. And he was making, uh, I think he told me he was making 40 or $50,000 a year back then, which was a lot of money. Mm, yeah. Um, but it was like, I don't really care about the money that I will not be doing for a living every day. Right. Um, but when uh, I did, I, I guess before that, I mean, I, I guess, my, if I have to really think about it, I thought I was going to, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an entertainer. I wanted women. I wanted money. <laughs> and yes. um, but once I met the city council person, I wanted to be a politician. Okay. And then I realized what politicians had to go through. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to be a politician. I don't want to do that. Either. Um, so I left it wide open. And, and fortunately from being in that environment, um, it got me to college because I was not destined to go to college. Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, and where I'm from, 18, 20, between 18 and 25, you either dead or in jail. Right. So, um, I, so it was like, it wasn't like I'm looking to go, what am I going to be when I'm 30 years old? Cause I didn't expect to live to be long older than 25 if, you know, without going to jail. So there was no real brightness of the future there for me. Mm -hmm. um, but once I met the city council person, that all changed because it gave me um, the opportunity to go to college. And when I went to college, that opened up just like all kinds of doors and opportunities for me. Um, and he actually, I, I got into college not because of my grades. I got into college because of who I knew. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. and, I, and I will own that. Right. Yes. Uh, I was an OK student, um, mm -hmm. but I got in because I was probably and, I, and, and I'm speculating here, but I, I can say I was probably the only student in that particular admissions group that had 19 city council people letter of recommendations. Plus My goodness. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. <laughs> yes, I think the admissions committee said, well, I think we better seriously take a look at this. Right. Uh, person. Um, but I think that, you know, I know that's what got me into college. It wasn't my grades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that and then that just opened up a whole uh, uh, other, you know, group of opportunities for me. And one of the people that uh, Carolyn Stith, uh, she was like the director of the community center that I, I went to in the neighborhood and she made me promise to her that I would get my college degree. Okay. And un unfortunately she passed hmm. 
Um, and when, so I, I was like, I, cause I was going to quit, but I was like, how do I, how do I take back a promise that I made to a person that's dead? I can't. No. Nope. So I had to go through and that's what got me. That's what gave me the determination to go through and get my college degree, finish my college degree. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. You kept your word. I did. Wow. And that's amazing. <clears throat> you made one, you made one choice. And how would just, you know, it, 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 then it's this, then you get this choice and you got this choice. You just changed probably the, what the, what the future trajectory of your whole life, just by making that one choice, just asking somebody with a nice suit. I'm just saying, can I help you? Yeah. So, you know, and it goes back even earlier than that, because mm-hmm. one of the first things I remember is, you know, we got to connect dots, right? And a lot yes. of people don't take time to connect the dots in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in foster care a lot. Um, wow. My mother had an abusive boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, beat her, the drugs, the whole nine yards, right? Um, and I, I ended up in um, foster care, and my my mom came and got me. After I was there for a while and I lived with her and then he did it, he did it, he did it some more. <laughs> right. So we ended up in a, a shelter, homeless mm. shelter. And uh, I said to, I said to my mom and I was second grade. I said to my mom, can you put me back in foster care? Um, because I didn't want to go back into the home with her and with all that. I mean, it's hard to hear your mom getting beaten. You can't do anything about it. And uh, she said, sure. And she did. And she put me back in foster care. And I carried um, an attitude um, and a grudge and probably some hatred, right, about Mm -hmm. that with her. Um, But later in life, as I got older, I realized that that was one of the most um, loving and selfless things that she could do. Mm -hmm. Because if she hadn't done that, I would have for sure ended up in the streets Mm. because she didn't have anything to offer me that was different than what everybody else had in the neighborhood. But by her putting me in foster care, it took me down a different path. And while I was in foster care is when I met the city council person that was walking and campaigning through the neighborhood. Okay. Wow. 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 (laughs) Wow. Your story is amazing. Wow. Uh, thanks. I mean, to me, it's just life. That's just the, you know, what happened, you know? Wow. Oh, shoot. And we probably could talk about that, just that part for another hour or so. Dang. Wow. Hmm. That's, that's very inspiring. That is. So, you know, when I, so when I talk to people, especially younger people, but mm-hmm. even older people, it doesn't matter what your what your circumstances are in life. Mm-hmm. They are what they are, right? Get over them and do what you got to do to go and navigate and move to where you want to get to. That's what it comes down to. Yes, yes, I agree. All right, so let's get into your, let's talk about, it says uh, you are an international empowerment life coach certified by CCA and the IFC. Uh, and a disc 
D, I'm sorry, DISC behavior analyst and a Reiki practitioner. That just means I'm old. You <laughs> <laughs> because I had time to, to do all of that stuff. That's what that means. <laughs> oh no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, guys. <laughs> okay, so let's get into your coaching. What made you uh get into coaching? Um I have always uh, helped people. Um, I, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to um, excel at learning. Um, so, you know, when I was in college, um, I did myself a disservice because I could go to a class and I'll give an example. I, I was a double major in political science and communications. And when I was, uh, I, I would go to class, I get the syllabus and say, what is required of me to pass this class? Mm -hmm. And in this one particular um, political science course, the requirement was you had to come in and you had to come in. I think we had to come in like seven times to take quizzes and exams. Other than that, there was no attendance requirement. Um, so, hey. I'm 20 something years old. I'm like, I ain't got to be there. I'm not going to be there. Right. And, uh, and I went in and I did my seven, seven times. I showed up at the required time and I passed the class with the B. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I did myself a disservice because I was able to learn quickly. Um, but I didn't learn what the teacher had to offer, offer because I wasn't there to engage with the teacher. Oh, okay. So I cheated myself, really. Mm. Uh, even though I got the grade and I got the degree, I cheated myself out of the experience and out of the knowledge that I could have gotten if I had engaged. Um, but I, I learned that in retrospect, right? Right. So that's a long way to say that uh, because it's easy for me to learn, uh, it was easy for me to help other people, to share and help other people get through classes and stuff like that. So it became real, you know, natural for me to help people. Okay. And um, I became, um, uh, when I left college, uh, I went into an assistant director of residential services position. And um, I was the youngest administ administrative person on staff at Oberlin College. Um, and where's that located? Where's Oberlin? Uh, uh, Oberlin, Oberlin, Ohio. Okay. So it's, it's a liberal, liberal arts college. Um, so I was the youngest staff member, uh, on the, um, the team there. And I mean, so all of my, I was 25 and 24, 25 and all my colleagues were in their forties and fifties and wow. I could relate better to the students than I could to them. Right. <laughs> um, right. And within eight years, I became a uh, assistant dean of students, associate dean of students. Mm. Um, so, like I said, I, I learned fast. I learned what the system is. I worked the system. I navigated around, and um, so again, I would just help people. So it just be it was a natural thing for me. So before coaching even existed, I was coaching, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what one of uh, one of my. Um, uh, former clients uh, said to me, he goes, you know, you, you've been doing this stuff all for the last 20 years uh, before, before coaching even became a thing. 
So it was just a natural for me to go, okay, if I, I, I do this naturally anyway, I might as well get the certification to go with it. Okay. So I got the certification. Okay. Um, so what makes this, it says international empowerment. What does that mean? Well, that, well, um, the empowerment coach is the designation. Um, what I do is I empower people. I, I, I teach them how to work from, how to work from their own powerful position. Cause most people are, uh, insecure. They, they probably aren't going to say that. Right. right. Uh, but most people are insecure. So it's like, how do my coaching helps you to tap into the power of who you are and to use your own power to get from where you are to where you want to get to. The international part just means that I, I have clients around the world. So, you know, I got, you know, whether they're in, in Russia or Pakistan, or, uh, India, I, you know, it's wherever. They, I just happen to have clients around the world. Okay. Okay. And so you so you've been doing this for a long time. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. And so, I, you know what? And I enjoy it. You know, it's one of those things that I thoroughly enjoy. It's, it's a passion of mine. It's not a career for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's important. When you're passionate about it, you're going to approach it differently and feel a different way about it. Yeah. You know, and one of the big distinctions between uh, my coaching practice and most other people's coaching practice is that most coaches they do it because it's a living for them. That's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't make my living off of coaching. Okay. Um, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough and have met the right people that I've done the right financial things over the years that I'm financially independent. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I can live the rest of my life without working. So when I coach. I, I charge people, but I charge them less than what a normal coach would charge them because I think, especially for women and people of color, we have there's such a big gap that and and there's a financial gap as well as an educational gap. So I charge less than what the going rate is, so that they can get the education and also be make it affordable to them. Mm -hmm. And you got to have some stake in the game. You got to have some skin in the game. Um, because if someone gives it to you for free, you have no value in it, mm. right? Mm -hmm. yes. So, um, I charge and the money that comes in helps me to develop other programs to help okay. other people. And, you know, um, so. All right. And let's get into this Reiki, this okay. Reiki healing. Like what, how, you got coach, coaching, life coaching, life empowerment coaching, and then you have Reiki. Like, how do they go together? How, how did you get into Reiki? Um, I used to get, um, um, I would go in to get massages. Um, <clears throat> and the, the woman who uh, did the massage work um, was into Reiki and energy work. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting the massage, um, sometimes it's quiet, but other times you, you can have conversations, you know, if you know that if, if you're, if that's what you want as the customer. So um, I would talk with her because I, it just, you know, piqued my curiosity, like, you know, how did you get into massaging? Da, 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 da. I mean, massaging is a form of energy work, right? Right. Um, so uh, as we would talk about stuff, she would tell me things and I'm like, eh, because uh, it, it just wasn't part of my reality. 
Um, and I would listen to her talk about all this energy work and this, that, and the other. And um, so just out of curiosity, um, I, you know, I said to her, she, she's actually a, a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up going into her class to, to become, uh, I went through um, a one in, level one, level two practitioner um, training from her. And um, once I understood energy at a whole different level, that opened me up to a whole bunch of other different things. Mm, um, so that's 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 how I got into it. It was from getting massage and talking with the person that was massaging me, who also happened to be at that time she was a Reiki practitioner, and mm-hmm. she was work, working towards becoming a mas- master. Wow! Hmm, how long have you been doing that? Well, I think I got my uh, certification five years ago in in, in Reiki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you that's something that you're passionate about too, because that's about healing as well. You're, you're doing a whole lot of healing with the uh, yes. and yeah. the Reiki. That's all about it's about healing. healing. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. and and you know, that's that's a while while that's not a label that I use, that is what I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so now we look at we got a little bit more to go, guys. This guy is amazing. He he has a lot going on. Yes, let's get into your uh, your authorship, your your books, your writing. Your let's get into that part of it. Um, well, I got two books out. Um, one is um, that I did with my mother before she passed, or actually, she passed while we were doing it. But my mom was a very insightful individual, and she 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 would take situations and put it into um, uh, poems that are very um meaningful and and and, and very it, it just tapped into your emotions and and i told her i said you know you can't leave this planet without sharing that information and you're sharing your poems and she said oh you know she's like oh, okay so we ended up doing the book together and she passed and fortunately i i had all of her materials so i was able to uh complete the book and put that out mm-hmm. um, it's called a little piece of me um, and then um, I wrote my book, the from uh, the American Dream from the Streets to the Boardroom, uh, which tells basically um, my life story of, you know, how I was born and raised in Baltimore, and you know, in, in the '60s, you know, all the prejudice that, that was going on at the time with the white and colored water fountains, and mm. not being able to go into the store, and you know, standing outside eating because we weren't allowed to be in the restaurant, and just oh, you wow. know, all, the, all the crazy stuff that you know some people think is so far removed. It's not that far removed. It's happened in my lifetime. Um, and so I, I did it as a inspirational, motivational writing to let people know that don't let your circumstances that you're born into or happen to be in stop you from getting where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, it just talks about how all the different crossroads and the decisions that I had to make that took me from this, literally took me from the streets of Baltimore into the executive board boardroom of a global for, Fortune 400 company, uh, and you know if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, you got to find out what your passion is and then go for it. Yes, that's amazing. All right, and so okay, and also you're a contributing 
writer to the Own It magazine. I am. I yeah. am. Yeah, with that, we share in common. Yes, yes we do. Uh, as well as doing podcasts. So we have some yes. things in common. Um, and as a contributing writer, um, my my commitment is I'm actually in, in uh, Own It magazine and uh, Own It publishing company has, I think, 12 or 13 other magazines. Mm -hmm. And I'm in two of the other magazines as well. And uh, monthly is basically I'm putting in articles around uh, finances. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm I'm sharing with people how they can get their financial life in order. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's again, women and people of color so far behind the eight ball uh, in, in terms of that financial gap yes. um, that and, and again, in education. So uh, I'm not I'm not like a financial um, advisor or planner or anything like that. Um, I'm telling the story of going from poverty to wealth the way that I, I navigated to get there. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, that's what the articles are basically about. Here are the things that you need to do uh, or that you can do that's mm -hmm. going to propel you forward in terms of your finances. Okay. Wow. I have learned so much in almost 30 minutes <laughs> about you and what you do. That's amazing. I'm so glad that we had this time to share together. This is so amazing and exciting. It really is for me. Well, my pleasure wow. being here. Yeah. Yeah. So give us the name of your podcast and also information how we can find you. I know it's on the ticker below, but, you know, some people just want to hear it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Real Choices, Real Life. And we have some very frank and open and honest conversations about just life in general. Um, and you, you find it, you basically go on the platform of your choice um, that you use. And uh, it's real choices, real life. And you pull it up and we ask that you uh, subscribe. Uh, I co-host that with uh, Jessica Corinne. Uh, and we have just open, honest dialogue. Uh, and we do it around my coaching practice of uh, a holistic approach to life. So um, we talk about spiritual spirituality. Uh, we talk about health. We talk about family and relationships. Uh, we talk about career. We talk about finances uh, and community involvement in education. Uh, so we cycle through those topics. Now, we may talk about a particular topic, but all of those topics are independent, but interconnected. So we may talk one week about finances, where the focus is on finances, but finances also impact your spirituality, it impacts your health, it impacts your family, it impacts the community, mm -hmm. uh, it impacts your education. So we want to connect dots for people. Don't think you can do this and this alone in Excel. And some people do, but you only excel in that area, right? So the objective in holistic uh, living is to really get you to have a balanced life. You know, you, you hear people talk work-life balance. Well, what does that really mean? Um, mm. and, and that's what the holistic approach to in coaching does, is it help you to balance out all the different areas of your life 
So, you know, you can excel in your career, make a lot of money, and your family life sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the point in having all the money if you don't have anybody that you can share good times with, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, or you do well in your family situation and your finances suck, and then right. you don't have the means to do what you want to do with your family. So, right. you, you know, you just got to connect the dots and be balanced in your approach. You, you know, for those that want to be balanced in their approach to life. And my 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 belief is that at the end of the day, we're all looking for peace and tranquility. And we're just going about it a whole lot of different ways to get there. And we're finding out what doesn't work. And then we mm -hmm. move on to the next thing and it doesn't work. And then the right. next thing until we find it. Right. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I for me, I happen to be in a place where I have peace and tranquility in my life, yes. uh, but it took me a long time to get here. Right. Um, and so that's what I really am sharing um, on, the, on the podcast. OK. All right. So go ahead and give us your uh, your handles and your, your uh, www and all that good stuff, because this is going to be on well, audio as well. OK, so what the, my website is, yeah. it's real easy uh www.nathanielxross.com and that will link you to any and everything that i do um the podcast is uh your your choices your i mean real choices real life um and if anybody wants to reach out and email me you can reach out through nate at your life your choices.com and uh i'll get back to you Awesome. So is there anything that you would like to say before we go? Just maybe an inspiring word, something encouraging, a, a quote, anything like that? Um, well, I'll give you my quote and I'll give you um, what I think is a nugget that will help you in life. So my quote is, uh, life is about choices. What's yours? Right. Mm. Um, you get to choose what you want your life to look and what you want your life to be. So, um, a, you know, so a word, if I had to leave a word of inspiration or motivation for you, for, for the listeners, um, I would say just what, whoever you interact with in life, and this is my own personal practice, mm -hmm. whoever you interact with, make it a positive interaction and give them a gift. Give them some type of gift of knowledge or something that they did not have before they had a conversation with you. Mm. Um, and that's how I practice my life. Awesome. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Nathaniel Ross, for joining me on Sales with No Shells. We appreciate you. And yeah, thanks for having me. I, I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Time has gone by quickly. It did. Yeah. It really has. <laughs> yes. And I would like to thank the Own It platform uh, as well for this broadcast. And before we go, I would just like to say, remember, just like the sun, you are necessary. I love y'all.